Welcome to the Wednesday, October 19th, 2022 formal meeting of the Iowa City Planning and Zoning Commission. Um, for the minute taker, please note that the commissioners present are Townsend, Elliott, Hench, Sines, and Craig. Next item up on the agenda is public discussion of any item not on the agenda. Now is the opportunity for any member of the public who would like to address the commission to come forward and um, we'll listen to what you have to say, but it should be for anything not on the agenda. So anybody wish to speak? I see lots of people. Mm. There is a quiz at the end here for you. Yes, there is. <laughs> 10 points. Seeing no one coming forward, we'll go for, uh, <clears throat> to the next item up, which is a development item. This is case number REZ22-0013. Location is 937 East Davenport Street. This is an application for a rezoning for medium density single family residential RS8 to RS8 with a historic district overlay to designate the property as an Iowa City historic landmark. Imani, are you up? Thank you. Um, my name is Imani Brinkman, the planning intern for Deve Development Services. And as the chair mentioned on tonight's agenda, I will be going over an application for a landmark rezoning at 937 East Davenport <coughs> Street. Shown here is an aerial map of the property for the proposed rezoning. Next, we have the zoning map as well as how it fits in with the surrounding area. The applicant, Mary Beth Sloniger, submitted the application for 937 East Davenport Street to be designated as an Iowa City Historic Landmark. The property was constructed around 1874. The house is a simple single-story L cottage and is in the style of other Goosetown cottages from the same period. This photo marks the additions. Of the, from, that the cottage has received from the northeast corner. A gable addition was added to the rear of the house before 1882, and a second smaller gable addition was added prior to 1920. We know this based on the Sanborn insurance fire maps showing the addition. Since 1920, this property has not had very much changes unlike similar small cottages in the area. 937 East Davenport has had not any additional, num any numerous additions or alterations that many other small cottages have experienced and is still recognizable in this historic configuration. This photo shows the additions from the south. And also prior to 1920, an open porch was added to the L created by the original portion of the house and the first addition and that porch has been extended by the current property owners. This shows the front of the property looking south from East Davenport Street. The Historic Preservation Commission met on October 13th, 2022, and conducted a public hearing at which they reviewed and evaluated the historic significance of the property located at 937 East Davenport. The commission determined that the property met the requirements for landmark designation and voted to recommend approval of the local landmark designation. The Historic Preservation Commission determined that the property met the required criteria that it's significant to American and Iowa City history, architecture, archaeology, and culture possesses integrity of location design, setting materials, and workmanship, and is associated with events that have made a significant contribu contribution to the broad patterns of our history, 
and has yield or may likely yield information important in prehistory or history. This property is one of the few intact examples of early Goose Town cottages that show the area's semi-agrarian history. This area consists of many long, narrow lots with the house located near the street allowing for gardens, orchards, and animal grazing in the yards. A large portion of the Goose Town area was home to a largely working class immigrant population from Bohemia and Germany. The property is currently zoned medium density single family. The proposed RS8 um, zoning is primarily to provide for the development of small lot single family dwellings. With the proposed zoning, the property will still retain the RS8 base zone and is given an overlay historic district. This will require the building to go through the Historic Preservation Commission for any approval of changes to the exterior of the building. Landmark status will also make the property eligible for special exceptions that allow the Board of Adjustments to waive or modify certain zoning requirements to help support the continued use of historic buildings. Landmark designation will also make it possible for financial incentives such as tax credits and the Iowa City Historic Preservation Fund to be available. Next, I will go over, I will go into the rezoning criteria and how the proposed development fits in with the policy vision of the city. For the Planning and Zoning Commission review, landmark designation is a zoning overlay and therefore requires recommendation from the Planning and Zoning Commission to the City Council. The Commission's role is to review the proposed designation based on its relation to the comprehensive plan and the proposed public improvements <coughs> and plans for the renewal of the area involved. 937 East Davenport Street is in the Central Planning District. The Central Planning District encourages preservation of historic homes, resources, and neighborhoods, especially in areas close to the university. The plan also encourages a mix of housing types in the neighborhood. This property is almost 150 years old and has seen very few changes and is one of the remaining examples that show Goosetown's early history. The comprehensive plan also has language about preserving historic features of a site to add character and amenity value to neighborhoods. Landmarking this property allows the city to preserve a part of the bohemian heritage of Iowa City and Iowa. The Iowa City Historic Preservation Plan encourages pursuing local landmark designations when appropriate to provide protection for important historic resources in areas that are not in conservation or historic districts. In terms of proposed public improvements, the only plan improvement per the 2022-2026 Capital Improvement Program are renovations to Reno Street Park, which is approximately two blocks east from the proposed rezoning. The designation of this property will not impact the ability of the city to make these park improvements. <coughs> So staff recommends approval of REZ 220013, an application to designate 937 East Davenport uh, Street as the Iowa City Historic Landmark and rezone from medium density single family residential to medium density single family residential of historic district overlay. For, land, for next steps, the landmark designation was voted unanimously by the Historic Preservation Commission to recommend approval of the landmark designation, and City Council set the date of the public hearing for the property for November 1st. And also, after the packet was submitted, we received one late correspondence. That concludes the presentation I have, and I turn it over to the Commission.
Thank you, Amani. Uh, just two notes for the minute taker to note in the record. One is we do have a correspondence from Maeve Clark, President of Friends of Historic Preservation, urging the designation 937 Davenport Street as a historic landmark. And I'd also like to note that Commissioner Padron is present uh, for this meeting also. Sorry. That's my <laughs> You just like an entrance. That's no, it. I was <laughs> trying to escape a meeting from work. <laughs> um, now it's the opportunity if any members of the commission have a question for staff regarding this application. I just have some general meetings. It's not, not so. It looked like you could have. They they told the public that they could come to this meeting, but that a good neighbor meeting is not required for this. That's that's correct. We did typically staff does encourage the applicant to hold a good neighbor meeting. We didn't in, didn't um, encourage the applicant in this case since there's no proposed change or development project that was being proposed. It's basically keeping the building as status quo. And then I just had a question about what's the difference between the historic and a conservation district? So our local historic districts are typically also listed in the National Register. They are districts that have more, a uh, larger concentration of properties that are historically significant. The conservation districts are still important districts, but they have fewer homes that are historically significant, so they can't be designated in the National Register. Okay, thank you. Imani, just a clarification for the public, the base designation of zoning RS8 remains the same. The only thing that will change would be the addition of the historic district overlay. Is that correct? Correct. Any other questions for staff? Thank you. Um, we'll open the public hearing. Now is the opportunity for the public to comment on this application. We'll start off if the applicant or the applicant's representative would like to address the commission. Are they here and do they wish to speak? You don't have to speak if you don't want to. I just wanted to say I'm here oh, to Come up to the microphone, please. And then uh, let us know who you are. I'm Mary Beth Sloniger, the owner of the house. Um, I'm just here to answer questions if anybody wants to know anything about the history or culture of it. Anybody have any questions for her? I was impressed with your research. I thought you did a good Thank job. You. It's, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on Goose Town a very long time. <laughs> it's obvious. I noted that by your thing when you're talking about um, the improvements you're making, but the header was that you're tired. Oh, yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this, this is it. This is number six. Number six, yes. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> All right. It looked like there was a box above the front door. Yes. Um, is that significant? Well, there's a cement goose in there sitting on some hay. And um, when, when my husband and I first started this uh, restoration, we hadn't thought about this part of it. And um, I just wanted to set this house aside so that people would know that this is an, a little goose town cottage. And then on the side up there, I wrote the name of the man that built it and his wife and the, and the date. It's just a way of kind of augmenting uh, the culture and history that we wish to preserve. So, yes. I, I guess I do have one question. Uh -huh. um, I noted that uh, in the report it said that bricks were added to the wall to act as insulation. Yes. So did they open up the existing construction, place the bricks in there, and then close it up? You know, I don't know how quite how um, uh, 
John Sybil, Pribble, Sybil, it's got different variants, uh, went about this when he was building the house, but I assume he just put the framework up first. He's, he was a brick layer. He went to Chicago for the Chicago Fire to um, help there. And uh, I assume when he came back, he, he wanted a cozier house, and he just stuck a bunch of brick in before they <coughs> plastered the inside. But we came across those bricks, and they're in the basement. And you can see them in that one picture. I don't know if you guys got a copy of it, but there's a pic an early picture of it where the um, outside, uh, the external uh, pieces are, are missing down the corner, and you can see where the insulation, brick insulation comes down. So, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to say it was really interesting reading the history of the home. Thank you. Um, and I, I know how much time it takes to research something like that as we've been researching our family history. <clears throat> thank you very much. Any other questions? All right, thank you, Mary Beth. This is a public hearing. Does any member of the public uh, have an issue or an item they'd like to talk about on this application with the commission? Now's your opportunity. Please come forward and let us know who you are. Well, my name is Mike Oliveira. I own Prestige Properties, and I'm coming here today to talk about some a different perspective. Um, I can tell from the committee that everybody is pretty gung-ho about making things historic in Iowa City. But there's a different perspective, I think, that the committee should look at. And that perspective is bringing, and we talked extensively to Bob Michelob when he had the office about the pros and cons of conservation districts and, and the impact it has on neighborhoods. Um, and it's not always favorable. And in this case, taking a home in an area that is being, I think, revitalized for single family homes. And if they put the map back up, I can show you people um, some lots that are under construction right now that are being built uh, to have larger family homes in the area to help revitalize the neighborhood. Um, and having a house like this in a, you know, even though it's a labor of love, and we've, re my company has remodeled 14, 15 houses in the north side. We, you know, we own over 120 properties in the 10 block radius of campus. So I know the area very well. The challenge we have is, as I watched the committee talk about taking a piece of property and making it historic, there's a lot of things that go with it. For this owner, fine. But then you get another owner coming in, they are burdened with the cost of trying to keep a house up to the historic standards. And that is not easy. And it's not a burden that a lot of families want to take, take on. And I think that I think the committee needs to think about that because there's other things that can be done. This house can stay in an area but not be designated historic. The other thing is I think we need to put that map back up there and we need to take a look at the surrounding properties that are being redeveloped and the building permits on it because it's going to change. This house is going to be kind of 
next thing we know is they'll want a house next to it, and they'll want the next house designated historic. And I, I think the neighborhood, in the next two years, there's probably going to be close, even if we go into a recession, I know we have seven projects on the drawing board surrounding this house for teardowns, rebuilds. And we have clients that want these properties that have families that are going to move into the neighborhoods, but they can't move into these smaller houses. If this lot would be better serviced, if we pick up this house and maybe move it to another area, that's an option too this committee should think about if they want to keep the, that style of house. But Goose Town is changing and changing quickly. And people want to live there, but they can't afford the right type of housing for their families to live. So I hear it all the time, especially with parents with two or three kids. They can't, they, you know, the parents don't want to have the kids on one floor and they're living on another floor. I hear it all the time. And I think that um, as we move forward, Goose Town has a good mix of different types of housing, but to take the Goose Town from the, that block and start designating it historic is, is a, I think, a problem for the area. Iowa City has done a good job in making the north side historic. They got a huge conservation district in areas, but to start taking individual properties, and I've got two of them that I have <coughs> bought that you know, got kind of railroaded into this thing, and now I can't do anything with them because they're historic designation, or and it's very expensive to remodel or even improve on those properties. So I'd like to get the map back up here. Can you put that back up? I, I think you guys need to make sure that the planning department, by the way, doesn't have this other information, that they know what's going on. So. Two lots down, those two houses. Mike, you need to speak into the microphone so that it's. Those two up ho the houses, two houses down, are slated to be demolished, and those to the to the direction of the uh, west. See the empty lot over here across the alley. That's a, f a four bedroom <coughs> home is going in there. It's already been slated by the developer. Across the street from that, he already has another house that he's putting in right now. It's on the market. It's a five-bedroom house. Uh, your time's up, Mike. So anyway, I just want to make sure that uh, the city knows that they got the right information about what's going on in the neighborhood before we start saying, well, this house should be a historic house when things can happen that they can preserve it or just keep the same designation on it without making it historic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Would anybody else like to comment for the public? Oh, for the commission, sorry, member of the public. And please sign in, state your name, and you have five minutes. <clears throat> My name is Kevin Boyd. I chair the Historic Preservation Commission. Um, I urge you to uh, move to, to make this a local landmark uh, and move it forward to the city council. Uh, as a community, we've lost so many small Goose Town cottages, and as you just heard, we're scheduled to lose a, a whole bunch more. Um, this is a restored example of what this neighborhood once was. The cottage owner literally wrote the book on Goose Town, lifting up stories of immigrants in her neighborhood, her books, small but ours. While development pressures are actively buying up these small houses, demolishing them, and part of our shared heritage, 
uh, as they do it. The owner saved this cottage. Her work is commendable. Let this building, this small cottage, uh, stand for generations as a living symbol of what once filled this neighborhood. This is our shared heritage. We all own this history. While the structure may be small, it is ours, all of ours. It is worth landmark status. Please vote in favor of it. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Any other member of the public like to address the commission on this application? Second call for public comment on this application. Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. I'd entertain a motion on this application. Move approval. So motion by Craig, is there a second? Second. That was second by Townsend. Discussion? Well, I appreciate the the perspective and I'm glad that um, the person from Prestige came and gave the other side of it because we do need housing in Iowa City and I know that families today want larger houses but this is not a district you know it's not the whole district it is one piece of property that is very special it has been described it's got the work's been done on the history of it and I think that to not move ahead and do this we would be losing something that we'd never get back and I don't want to drive down that street and see nothing but five bedroom houses but to drive down that street and see a few bigger houses along with some smaller houses I think you can still maintain the character of the neighborhood and continue to serve people in Iowa City who like history and a few who want to live in a bigger house Any other comments? I guess I also want to add that someone buying a, a home that is designated uh, historic, uh, they know what they're getting into when they buy it, and they know that they have to keep certain standards. So that cost is something that they, yeah, it makes it higher. It means that they have to think about what they're doing. But when they buy it, they know what they're doing. So I guess I'm, I'm not that concerned about the extra cost. Additional comments? Maria? As an immigrant, I would like to thank you for your work. I think it's important. Maggie? I, it seems to me like it'll be an affordable place to live. Mm -hmm. um, the thought that came to me when I was looking at this and the mixture of the new houses being developed and then the retention of some historic properties is exactly the mix that we want. We're always looking for balance and mixture mm -hmm. and balance is always hard and there's always push and pull and tug and <coughs> it's not always pretty but in the end we end up generally with what the community wants and I, I, I like this and I'm supportive of it so I'll be voting yes. Any additional comments? Seeing none, all those in favor of this application signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, this application is approved six to zero. Next item on the agenda is case number SUB22-0013. Location is 1501 and 1515 Willow Creek Drive. This is an application for combined preliminary and final plat from a grass subdivision, a 1.94-acre <coughs> subdivision containing two commercial lots. Parker. Good evening. Parker Walsh, Associate Planner for the City. And as the chair mentioned, tonight I'll be going over an application for combined preliminary and final plat of McGrath subdivision, a 1.94 acre subdivision with two commercial lots. 
Shown here is an aerial of the proposed subdivision. Next we have the zoning map and as you can see it's primarily um, intensive commercial. A little bit of background, the existing lot and building on 1515 Willow Creek Drive was constructed in the early 80s. A site plan for 1501 Willow Creek Drive was approved and construction began in 2017. And in September of this year, staff received the application for a preliminary and final plat for the subject properties. Looking at the preliminary plat, we have approximately a total of 1.94 acres with lot one being approximately 1.02 acres with an existing building and lot two being approximately 0.92 acres with the existing building that was constructed in 2017. We also have Willow Creek at the base of the property as well as the proposed conservation easement. A sensitive areas development plan was submitted that meets the base requirements of a level one sensitive areas review and will be reviewed administratively. What is shown here is Willow Creek as well as its 30 foot um, buffer. Staff, staff has requested that the portion of the property um, with these sensitive areas be placed in a conservation easement and that's primarily this outlined here. The comprehensive plan recommends general commercial as well as encourages interconnected <coughs> system of open space with sidewalks and trails to connect the community and safe and pedestrian friendly street systems. The Southwest District Plan um, shown in the Willow Creek sub area also identifies as general commercial and identifies the area as a regional market due to its location off of major highways. And because of this location, the Southwest District Plan states the importance of the area's appearance and landscape to unite the neighborhood and improve the appeal to travelers. The Iowa City Bicycle Master Plan identifies the trail along Willow Creek Drive or, yep, as a, an existing gap. The gap along Highway 1 has been filled with a 10-foot wide sidewalk, shown here. Staff requested that an eight foot wide sidewalk be connected along the length of the property at the time of the lot's redevelopment. Existing stormwater management via storm sewer lines along the northern and eastern property lines exist and no further improvements are required. Staff recommends approval of SUB-22-0013, an application submitted by Warrior Enterprises LLC for a preliminary and final plat for McGrath subdivision, a two-lot, 1.94-acre commercial subdivision located at 1501 and 1515 Willow Creek Drive. Next steps following the commission's recommendation would be the city council consideration of the pre preliminary and final plat as well as staff review of the preliminary and final SADP site plan and building permits. That concludes the presentation and I now turn it over to the commission. Thank you, Parker. Um, now is the opportunity for uh, commission to ask questions to staff. I just have one for you and it's actually not relevant to the plat, I'm just curious. Is the floodplains, the 100 and 500 year floodplains since right run on um, Willow Creek, do you know how much of the property is in the floodplain? 
Um, since that was not a sensitive areas, we did not require that they included that, so I'm not exactly sure how much of the property is within it. I'll just ask John when he gets up then. Any other questions for staff on this application? Well, I, I'm just trying to understand, and maybe the applicant can talk about too. It looks like, to me, some of the conservation easement area is covered by asphalt, and I wondered what the expectations are and you know, if that, if that goes away as part of the conversation easement or? Well, that's probably what actually prompted my question by seeing the asphalt there. That seemed like uh, <laughs> not the best flooding control measure, but anyway. Any additional questions? I have a question about the sidewalk. So the sidewalk's only required if they redevelop something. So does that, by that, I assume that means a different, that there's a new property put on there or is that what you call redevelopment? Yeah. If Define redevelopment for me. And if one lot does it and the other one doesn't, then we have still have a gap in our sidewalk, right? That's Am correct. Wrong? Willow Creek, there is no sidewalk along this southern line right now. And so if one of these properties decides to redevelop, so um, build something new on the property, we would require that the owner of that lot at that time provide a sidewalk along the front of their property line. Right. And so you're correct that it would take both of these properties to uh, redevelop before there's a consistent sidewalk along both property lines. And at that time, there would still be gaps with the rest of Willow Creek. Yeah. Just take what you can get. <laughs> Any additional questions for staff? Big sidewalk girl. Seeing none, thank you, Parker. Now we'll open the public hearing. Now is the opportunity for the public to comment on this application uh, to the commission. We'll start off with the applicant or the applicant's representative, and John. Thank you, John Marner with MMS Consultants. Uh, I think Parker covered most of the most of the issues. I'll just add that the lot line that was placed, uh, there's an existing <coughs> fence between the properties right now. That's where the lot line uh, was established or is proposed to be established. I'll go ahead and answer, I think, a couple of questions uh, based on the previous <coughs> comments. The, uh, there's a significant portion of the property that's both within the 100-year and the 500-year. Uh, both the buildings are outside of that elevation. As Parker mentioned, they're not classified as a sensitive areas feature, so that's why they're not shown on the plan, but there is a fair, more, uh, fair portion of the site that, that lies within that, in both of those zones. <coughs> the existing conservation, or the proposed conservation easement and the existing asphalt I think the intent, and, and again, staff can clarify this a little bit more, the intent is to provide the conservation easement on the, on the uh, Willow Creek floodway buffer and stream corridor buffer so that in the future, if there is future development on this property, that easement already exists and it would restrict any potential future development. So no changes to the existing features that are there, but the, in, the, in the event that something were to uh, be proposed in the future, that measure is already in place and restricts any development in that area. And to the question about the sidewalks, um, it, it's a little hard to see on the picture. This particular side of Willow Creek Drive, uh, as you mentioned, there's <coughs> nothing, nothing for sidewalk currently along that entire stretch. There is some sidewalk on the north side. So as the properties would redevelop, the sidewalk would be required. There's a drainage way along that side right now. It's open ditch. Uh, there's a curb and gutter 
the on the west side of the building there's a, a outlet that gets into the stream that then that storm stormwater drains down into the willow creek corridor so any development of that sidewalk of an eight foot path in the future needs to be you know there's some there's some thought that needs to go into that you know right now the property sits down below the curb below the curb so it, it makes sense to do any of that uh, sidewalk development in the future as you look at the entirety of the site and, and what makes sense for the property there's also power poles and some other utilities in that location as well so it, it's something that is best addressed at the time of site plan were to be presented and i'm available for any other questions if you have any Strictly curious because I still can't find out, figure out the function of that asphalt that's there um, along Willow Creek. Was that just like bank stabilization efforts at one time or something? Do you happen to know? And if you don't know, that's fine. No. So I, they do have storage back there. There's a chain lake fence. It's a little hard to see, but there is a, a fence right now at that property line, and they have storage back there. Oh, so okay. there, there are material. I mean, various other things that are supplied. I think there's. The dumpster, it's a little hard to see in the southeast corner. There's a dumpster in the southeast corner as well. Any other questions for John? Seeing none, thank you. This is a public hearing. Would any member of the public like to comment on this application? <coughs> Second call for public comment. Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing and I'll entertain a motion on this application. Move to approval. Approve. A motion by sign, second by Elliot? Yes. You want a <laughs> I'll go second. All right. <laughs> Discussion? It seems pretty straightforward to me. I would concur. <laughs> any, any other discussion? Seems straightforward to me. If I could build sidewalks all over town, I would. But <laughs> I firmly endorse that proposition. <laughs> That'd be a great place for sidewalks because it li would link then to the bike trail right i mean but <clears throat> yep any further comments or discussion seeing none um all those in favor of approval of this uh application signify by saying aye aye, aye. those opposed signify by saying nay hearing no nays this application is approved six to zero next item up on the agenda is Item number six, consideration of meeting minutes of September 7th, 2022. Does any member of the commission have any, let there be light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you wake any there? substantial additions <laughs> or corrections? So long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing none, is there a motion for approval? So move. <laughs> motion by Elliot. Second. Is second. second by Townsend. Discussion? Hearing no discussion, all those in favor of approving the minutes from September 7th, signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved six to zero. Item number seven, planning and zoning information. Anne. Um, just a few items that I, I don't think I've told you about yet. Um, the Cardinal Heights rezoning and preliminary plat, the one out on Camp Cardinal Boulevard, was approved by the uh, city council. Um, the Monument Hills preliminary plat for the rezoning and development with the senior living component on Rochester and Scott was also approved by City Council. The new commissioner applications for Mark Nolte's uh, vacancy are due on the 25th, so we should have a new commissioner appointed at the next City Council meeting on November 1st. So they could, if we have a meeting on November 2nd, they could be here? They could, yeah. <laughs> Um, 
And then I just wanted to mention that last week uh, the planners went to Ottumwa for the APA Iowa conference. Um, it was it was a really great conference. We got to connect with planners all across the state. They had great keynote speakers. Um, and Ottumwa is doing a lot of great things. It was really good to be in their community for a few days. Any other planning and zoning information pieces for any member of the commission? I wanted to ask about, um, we had shared a, a, new, a news article, I think, um, about yeah. the proposed redevelopment. I asked them to share that. Yeah, you know, proposed redevelopment um, at uh, Myrtle and uh, Riverside. And I see the sign, the sign's up, it's a, a major site plan review. Um, and who, who does that go to or before? Is that staff only? Yes, they they are. Um, there's several applications that they've applied for the a final plat because they're going to be combining all of those parcels into one lot, and that will go to city council. It goes to design the form based code committee for design review, and then the site plan, which will, will be also staff level review. They've also applied for a vacation of public right of way along South Riverside Drive, just north of the railroad, and that will come to the commission. But it's, it's about, I think, maybe 300 square feet of right-of-way that they're asking um, to but the city to vacate. they have to look us in the eye and say, oh, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a senior housing development anymore. It's student housing. So has there been a change of ownership? I'm just curious about that before I say any more. Um, it has. I don't know. I don't know if the ownership has changed. I'm trying to think of who the original the names have been developer changed was. <laughs> Um, um, the same civil engineering firm has been working on it this whole time. But, but I think this is a good reminder of us that when we rezone property, um, the um, concept they bring forth, they're not tied to that because anything that's eligible under that zoning, base zoning, they can do. I, I totally understand that. But this happened so quickly in the matter of, you know, if it had sat there like they couldn't get their financing, it sat there for two years and suddenly it was something different, fine. But, you know, it just feels quick. I agree. I, I feel like we were sold a bill of goods. And, and I, I, I guess I turned to staff to see, you know, are there any protections we can put into when we, when we approve something or make a change like that? That, that um, yeah, I understand that it's not, it doesn't, it isn't going to, be it doesn't i don't expect it to be exactly as it was drawn in the in the proposal or the or whatever uh, i understand changes happen especially over time you know sure. if something sits there for 10 years everything's changed in 10 years but to have something sold as a very diverse i mean there was going to be a hotel senior living commercial space apartments condos restaurants and it's all gone now um and it's being being replaced with good old student housing um, and I, I, I really feel like we, we, we were sold a bill of goods on this one. And I, and I really <laughs> want to ask what can be done to prevent that in the future, if anything, I guess. Well, it, it's really hard to restrict, uh, <clears throat> a, restrict a future development to certain uses. Like, say, this can only be hotel or this can only be senior housing. Um, like the chair mentioned, any uses that are allowed in that zone could be proposed. We have um, had uh, some rezonings where we've attached a condition to the rezoning that it must, you know, com substantially comply with the concept, and the concept concept is attached to that 
um, conditional zoning agreement and rezoning ordinance. Um, that that can there's pros and cons to that too. We've had um, some rezonings that were approved years ago to concepts that are just not moving forward. Right, right. Um, can can that be undone by uh, through a rezoning? Mm -hmm. Through another rezoning, yep. But it, um, but I think it's it feels appropriate to me, like you say, when years have passed and concepts have changed, then you have to go through the process again. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, years, it, I, I know things change, and, and this is gonna end up getting built and it'll be something, but it just seemed so blatant that literally within weeks of months, it was probably a couple, few months, of this big presentation and everybody up here saying, yeah, senior housing, we need more. Well, look at how old most of us are. Um, we need more senior housing and this is great. And them lapping it up and, you know. I mean, this is the challenge with presenting concepts to you because it anchors your expectations a certain way, but sure. under the code, they're allowed to use the property for the uses that are specified therein. Um, you can impose conditions, but they have to be directly tied to a public need being created by the rezoning. So it's a challenge to say, to do that, I guess, in terms of uses. We've been able to do it in other situations where they've asked for TIF, you know, we've got different kind of negotiating sure. power in that context or where the city has owned the land. Um, I understand. So I that's just think kind of they the... deserve to be called out on it. And sure. that's what we're doing right now is yeah. calling them out. Because it seems like they also, be, with the change, they had there were height bonuses. They got a lot of stuff in that deal, as I recall. And, uh, and I'm sure they're going to use all of it. <laughs> well, we will see them again for their vacation of public property, so. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Any additional PNZ items? Any commissioners like to discuss? Seeing none, we'll go on to item number eight, adjournment. Is there a motion for adjournment? So moved. Motion by Townsend. Is I there second. second? Second by <laughs> Padron. All those in favor of adjournment signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, we are adjourned on a vote of six to zero. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.